0: Welcome to Street Circle Drive here on the Mesh Podcast Network. Street Circle Drive is your Hickory, North Carolina-centric podcast for people who love Hickory, North Carolina. I'm your host today, Andrew Moose. We couldn't do this podcast without you, and we sincerely do appreciate you tuning in. So once you've listened to this podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you'd head over to TheMesh.tv and subscribe to this show and all the other ones on our network. Currently on The Mesh, we have Countryish John Reed, Kathleen Madigan's podcast. I guess I'll do it with Pat House. Big fan, chick chat, entrepreneur exchange. I'm with Van, and of course, the Foot Candle Films Podcast. So, so guys, I've got an idea. After you listen to this podcast, just tell a friend about us. We'd really appreciate it. So if you're interested in advertising on the Mesh Podcast Network, head over to the TV and hit the Advertise button for more information. It's a low-cost way to reach a targeted audience. And I hear the people who listen to our shows here on The Mesh have tons of money. All they want to do is spend money with you and your company. So today on Street Circle Drive, we have a couple of returning champions. They're my friends, co-workers, co-podcast hosts, co-founders, the Foot Candle Film Society and co-founders of the Foot Candle Film Festival, I'd like to welcome Alan Jackson and Chris Fry to Street Circle Drive. What's up, guys? Hey, hey how's it going, Moose? It's going really good. Thank y'all for taking a little time to podcast with me today. I really appreciate it. So uh, for those who might not know a lot about the Foot Candle Film Society, why don't we give those, those folks a little bit of insight of what you guys are doing?
1: Sure. Alan, you want to take it? Or? Yeah.
2: Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll jump in. So uh, Foot Candle Film Society, uh, let's talk with that, I guess, first as a, as a, as a uh, society, film society, we've had in place for about 12 years now. And the idea is uh, to bring films to this area here, Catawba County, Hickory, Greater Hickory Metro area that uh, have not traditionally been able to show here th- uh, different theaters, whether they're documentaries, independent films, foreign films. Uh, different films that just don't make it normally to this area through our multiplex. We're uh, bringing the films here and fostering a lot of dialogue discussion around the films. So we've been having monthly screenings for, like I said, 12 years now uh, with a group of about 600 members where uh, we get together for screenings every month and then we talk about the films that we bring. So just to have a nice uh, discussion group around films. And that's been the film society up to this point.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Are all 600 of those members uh, local in Hickory?
2: For the most part, I'd say 95% of them. We have a few that travel a little bit of distance to come see us, but uh, for the most part, it's all here within the probably 30-minute drive around the uh, downtown Hickory area.
0: Nice. Um, And I know you guys have the Foot Candle Film Festival. It's right around the corner. Uh, The dates on that are, tell me that.
1: They are September 23rd through the 27th. And things this year, as you might expect, are going to be slightly different. Actually, they're going to be really different. Um, normally, for the past five years, we've always had the festival. usually runs Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's in-person event. We have filmmakers fly in. They join us for Q&As. So this year, uh, we are having the festival, like I said, 23rd through 27th. We've actually grown the festival two days this year. So it's starting on a Wednesday and finishing up on Sunday. But it will be all online because movie theaters aren't really open, so that's not a practical thing for us to do. Um, we're lucky, though, that filmmakers from each of the films that we're showing, and we're showing about 30 films, um, because they are kind of stuck at home, not able to do much either, they're going to be able to uh, Zoom in and have discussions with us after their film. So it's kind of take the good with the bad. We'd rather have an in-person festival, but the advantage is that filmmakers – are going to easily be able to get in contact with us and have Q and A's after the film. So we're, we're looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. And no, I, but that's, you know, completely different, you know, setup and preparation for one festival, which would be in person to what it would be now. I mean, what, I, what challenges did you guys face with that?
2: Um, so, you know, just the challenges, I mean, we had to kind of learn how to deliver films online. We we've always just been used to getting films, bringing them into the film uh, theater environment And so that's been a little bit of a challenge just from a technical standpoint, but we did uh, kind of work with a platform that really specializes in doing exactly this, which is their, their the whole platform is built around film festivals and hosting virtual film uh, communities. So there's that. And then just, just communicating about the festival without actually seeing people in person is a little bit, a little tricky as well. So that's been kind of the learning curves, but you know, as Chris mentioned, I mean, there are, Some advantages we're going to be able to gain this year that we haven't had in years past. The fact that people will be able to watch the films in a very flexible manner. Really, anytime from Wednesday through Sunday of the festival, they can watch any of the films in any order they want to. Uh, Obviously, they could watch them at home in their pajamas. They could watch them, you know, late at night. I mean, it's real flexible when you can watch these films. So there are some nice advantages to that. And as Chris mentioned, having all the filmmakers available uh, a little easier to get them uh, their schedules and get them to join us for a live Q&A if they can do it from their home location. So uh, some adjustments, some some advantages we gain. Uh, I think the biggest problem, not problem, but just biggest thing we've had to work with is developing a different way of communicating with people about the festival and sharing information about it has been a, has been a little bit of a, a tough challenge for us.
0: Right. So, you know, previously I know You know, you would typically just buy a ticket per movie or buy a ticket to the whole festival. So, with this being online now, can you is it still the same way? Can you still buy a ticket, quote unquote, air quotes? I know you can't see this, but it's audio podcast. But buy a ticket for one movie, or do you are you still just doing weekend long passes?
2: No, you can you can do both options. So, we still sell individual tickets uh, for individual films. So, if there's a one particular film feature-length film that you're really interested in seeing, you can buy an individual ticket for $5 for that film. Uh, Or you have the pass for the weekend. It's $60 for an individual pass, meaning if one person is going to be planning on watching many of the films over the course of the uh, the five-day festival. Or you can get a household all-access pass, which is $100. Basically, that's if you have two or more people that are in your house that are going to watch the film's together you know it's just uh, instead of you don't have to buy individual passes for each person you can just uh, buy a household pass everybody in your house can uh, can watch the films uh, together throughout the five days
0: for that hundred dollar uh, for the five day pass right did you find uh it easier this this time around to get directors and other people that are involved with your movies to uh you know, to be involved uh, w- with the festival, you know, now that it is remote, they don't have to fly across the country or or, or come into the uh, come to Hickory for the weekend. Um, did you did you get more participation this time around?
1: I feel like we've gotten more participation. You know, generally we have maybe at least half of our films represented, but this year I'd say probably we have about ninety five percent of the films represented. And I think it's it's a combination between um a lot of films can't continue production because things are shut down so they're kind of in a holding pattern so they have the time to be able to you know zoom in for a Q&A and i think there's also because so many other festivals have had to cancel like River Run that was earlier in the year right around when the pandemic started in march they had to cancel they didn't have time to pivot to something online So I think some filmmakers are glad that there's just a festival that they can attend and they're thankful to be able to, you know, be able to do anything at all. (laughs) So I think a combination of those factors has really helped us have more participation. So it's, that's definitely a positive this year. Um,
0: Whenever the directors and the producers are um, on your platform to, to do the interaction with your, with the folks uh, that are watching the movie, do you have set times? Uh, Obviously I have a set time for, for, for that
2: right yes we uh so it's a little this is one of those little interesting things about the festival that right uh, interesting this year so yes you can watch the film anytime you want to however we have published a kind of our recommended film schedule uh that it's not saying that you know two o'clock on saturday is the only time you can watch this film however if you follow the schedule the live Q and A's with the filmmakers are scheduled to happen right after within like 10 minutes after the film is over, if you watched it at the scheduled time. So uh, it it does make for some, some choices people have. They can choose to watch a film earlier in the festival. And then when it comes time for the live Q and A still join us for that, or they could follow the recommended schedule and then they would be watching it and moving right into the live Q and A immediately afterwards. So Uh, Again, a lot of flexibility, uh, but it does mean that people can kind of pick and choose when they want to watch these. Uh, The the Q&As or the discussions we have after every film screening are going to be recorded. So even if you end up watching the film later in the weekend, you still have the recorded uh, conversation with the filmmaker you'll be able to watch on demand at that
0: point, too. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so what are some of the, uh, films that you guys have coming this year? If you can share, um, maybe a couple of your favorites or maybe even the odds on favorite to win right now. <laughs> oh.
2: Well, we're not we're not prognosticators here, basically. Okay, gonna, you're, you're agnostic gonna, well, you, when
0: it comes to, to yeah. We're, we're not
2: gonna out. we're not gonna sway the votes any one way or another. But uh, I think at least a couple of films that have some interesting uh, notes to them. So, Chris, did you have one you wanted to share first? Yeah, I was gonna
1: say um, I'm always excited, um, and this year is definitely you know proves the rule. We've had returning filmmakers, people that you know we've had the festival now for five years. This will be our sixth year. And we've had people that have started off with short films that have come back with features, uh, feature films full length. And this year we have somebody, uh, Clayton Whitmer. He was a North Carolina School of the Arts student. He actually won the best short film our first year in 2015 when we had our festival. He won with a short film. Well, he has since graduated and he is now making features. And we are showing The Arbors, which is Technically showing 9.30 at night on Saturday, but you could watch it during the daytime if you wanted to because it is kind of a horror film. (laughs) Um, So I'm excited to see it and just, you know, see his growth from somebody who started out making shorts and now he's making features. And he will be joining us for a live Q&A that night at eleven forty-five, So you may have to drink a cup of coffee to stay up that late. Um, but it's, it's cool to see people return to our festival and also to see their growth as filmmakers. So the Arbors is one that I'm looking forward to. Alan, did you have one?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, there's several, but the one I'll call out just because I think there's a good story behind it is, um, uh, the first film we show on Wednesday night, which is a uh, kind of our premier off the festival film is a, is a film called drought. And, um, it's by two filmmakers out of Wilmington North carolina and uh they the two of them won an a grant award from our film society just last year so we we take the ticket proceeds every year from our festival and we funnel that into a filmmaker grant program where we actually have a committee in our film society that reviews applications and we'll go and actually uh uh, give out grant app, uh, awards to uh, to selected films that are in production or going to be in production here in the state of North Carolina. So this was one that received grant money from us last year and the film is now done. So we're going to be showing that as kind of our uh, kickoff, the film uh, festival event on Wednesday night at seven o'clock, that's September 23rd. Uh, and then having the filmmakers with us as well for a, a, a virtual Q&A immediately afterwards. So that's going to be fun. It's a great, you know, family comedy drama a lighter film but but has some great messages to it and something we're we're really excited to show.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit the com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story.
0: Time. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and I just saw pretty recently that um, since we are talking about North Carolina filmmakers, that um, uh, the legislature in North Carolina has decided that they are going to give the the tax credits and, and all that good stuff to North Carolina filmmakers again, which I know was a hullabaloo there for a while. Uh, and I think they've either reestablished those or something. So which is going to bring more filming back to North Carolina, which is creating jobs and all that good stuff. Um, have you heard about that, Chris? I have actually
1: not heard about that, but that's great. And I remember, you know, probably two or three years ago, uh, there was actually a filmmaker panel when I went to Riverrun and it was all about how, What are we going to do? The subsidies have left. And they were talking about how, yeah, a lot of filming moved to Georgia. You know, after a lot of movies you see like made in Georgia or South Carolina, basically leaving North Carolina, you know, kind of high and dry. And although we do have a grant fund and we do, you know, give some out to filmmakers, we were still hearing that it was really tough to uh, make a go of it. And, you know, so I had not heard that, but that is that is exciting. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I i recently had heard that Moose, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up cuz it is a, a hopefully a nice harbinger of maybe some things to come and would love to see more
0: production come back to North Carolina as well. Yeah, because I, I know when whenever that those uh tax credits did leave, um you know, it was a, I don't want to say mass exodus, but there was a lot of people that were thinking twice about producing films in North Carolina when they could go down to like like April mentioned like Chris said, South Carolina or Georgia or whatever and 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 get those um, this thing. So, um, tell me a little bit more about the, uh, the grant and the scholarship that you guys put on. I know, uh, there's some, been some really great, hard hitting films that have come out from, from th- that, scholarship, uh, uh, program that you guys with Foot Candle have, have, uh, have done. So, you know, besides the one this year, like what other ones have, have basically been an offspring of that?
1: Well, one of the first ones that we did the first year, one of the winners was Santuario, and it was a documentary that was done in, I think it was in Greensboro, North Carolina. And it was about a woman who was seeking political asylum in a in a church, and kind of the you know the problems that caused with local community and people you know rallying behind this person. And that one got money from our festival to be completed, and then it made a huge tour all around the country, and was actually shown also on uh, public television. Um, So that was kind of, that was gratifying to have, you know, our name attached to that. Um, This year will only be the third year. So Drought was like one of the winners last year. There were two other ones that are still on their films. Um, But still, you know, just within the short time that we've been able to do the grant program, we're we're excited. And like Alan mentioned, you you can feel good about buying tickets. And hey, if you want to buy a pass, even if you're not going to watch all the movies, you can look at it as, you're going to help filmmakers. So even if you only watch five or six films, all the ticket proceeds, that goes to trying to raise the money for the grant fund so that we can donate it out to grant recipients. And this year we had, oh, I don't know, 60 or 70, I think, different applicants. And we whittled it down to, I think, three. Am I right in saying that, Alan? Mm -hmm. Three or something. And we'll be announcing those Sunday night at our awards Ceremony that we'll have, and that'll be Sunday at seven thirty, and that will be a live event, and that's not a ticketed event. So anybody who is interested could actually come and see that Sunday at seven thirty. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. I, mean, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I think seven, it's a you know something really. I'm, I'll say that again,
1: Alan.
2: Sorry, seven o'clock on Sunday.
0: Okay.
1: Ooh, okay. Yep.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris, check your calendar,
0: man. Make sure you get that. Make I, sure you're I, there.
1: I got a, I got a thing here that's at 30, so I was taking it. swear, but seven o'clock. Okay.
0: Gotcha. So um, for those that you know Meyer just started to um, you know catch wind of your festival. You know, uh, maybe uh, tell the folks a little bit about the types of movies that you bring. I know there there's shorts and there's horror and 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 all that. So what 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 are you uh, slating up for this year? Well, this
1: year we've actually got a pretty broad spectrum of stuff, which we try to do every year. You know, we're not going to have, um, you know, the premiere of Black Widow or, you know, Wonder Woman 1984, but we do we do cater more towards, you know, smaller independent films. And this year, you know, we have a mix of documentaries and then we have a mix of um, narrative films. We do have a horror film this year, but we also have a coming-of-age teenager comedy that takes place in a high school um, we and the documentaries kind of span too. We have one that's about some missionaries being on the front lines of battlefields and like Iraq and stuff like that. So and what they're trying to like help people over there. So it it really just spans. And then like you're saying, we've had students who've had films in the past and they've gone on to make features. We have some students from School of the Arts again this year who will have short films that are going to be running in our festival. And, you know, maybe one day they'll come back with a feature. You, you just never know. But it's we try to program something for everybody. Um, again, with the time this year, you don't really have to worry about when you're watching it. But we usually do two groups of shorts on Friday night. And that kind of starts off our festival. Um, one of them is uh, kind of, you know, geared more towards just general shorts that are feel good, you know, nothing really heavy. And then we have a night gallery section that tends to be a little bit more out there, kind of crazy, definitely more adult, but it can be fun. Like sometimes we throw a little um, science fiction or horror or something like that in that. So just something for everybody. Yeah.
2: Nice variety of things. And I think, uh, yeah, I, 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 it does make it a little tough. We get a lot of submissions in. I mean, we had over 320 submissions this year and trying to have a committee to review all those submissions. You know, there's a lot of films that got really great feedback from the screening committee and it kind of came down to deciding of these ones that were selected or approved by the screening committee. We had to pick the 30 or 31 that really just made a great, great festival. And there were some that had, similar themes similar topics similar styles and it's just you know trying to decide which one to show in the festival it was tough but uh because this year we really had an incredible uh amount of quality coming in from the submissions
0: yeah that is a an incredible amount of filmmakers that would consider you guys to you know to to be considered for your festival that's um is that the, the largest uh submission number that you guys have had so far
1: I think, you know, it's either the largest or it actually matches what we had last year. But if you consider the fact that a lot of filmmakers then suddenly said, okay, we're just going to stop. We're going to we're gonna just wait because we don't know what's going on right now because a lot of people wanted to be at something like Sundance or something like that. And they're just like, okay, we're just – we're putting a freeze on everything. Right. The fact that we still had – we may have had about the same number or maybe, maybe only like two or three films short. But, yeah, it was still – despite the fact of everything going on, we still had that many submissions. And like Alan was saying, I mean, we'll tell you every year, this is the greatest lineup ever, but we really feel like this year, we're really surprised at like how nice the lineup kind of came together and the quality of the films we have. We really think it probably is. We probably say this every year, but our, our best year yet. So,
0: Right on. And I'd like to just um, take a second to, to, Give a couple of thank yous out to, um, to one of our sponsor, uh, Time Genies. If you and your business are in need of, uh, top to bottom cleaning or organizing or just need someone to make your life just a tad bit easier, uh, head over to time dash genies.com to find out more. Our studio and our offices at Jack Scream and the Mesh use Time Genies and we couldn't be more happier. So head over to time genies.com for more details. Um, so guys, with, you know, the COVID 19 pandemic going on and knowing theaters are closed and, and all all these sad stories that we hear about it, you know, I, I would hope to think that maybe there is some different kind of filmmaking going on right now. Have you guys heard of uh, of anything that's happening or is it just basically a dead stop? I
1: mean, I think I think independent filmmakers are trying, you know, they, they're able to kind of slowly start up production because their crews are much smaller. Um, there's a series on Netflix that I have not watched yet but um, it's actually filmmakers that have filmed something in their house. <laughs> like, right. and, like it's a series. I can't remember what it's called, but you know they're like, I don't know, 15 or so different filmmakers and they've just kind of shot a creative project in their house. So, I mean, where there's a camera, where there's artistic talent, there's always going to be a way. Um, Alan and I have talked on our podcast, Foot Candle Films, little plug there again. Um, we've talked about how this year with the Oscars, it's going to be pretty interesting because you know, at some point they cut off releases and they say, okay, now we're going to do the Oscars this year. And this year, so many films have been delayed. Uh, They've extended the deadline. Usually you have to have it out by Christmas day or, you know, by the end of the year, December, they've extended that a little bit into 2021, but they're still going to have the cutoff. I think, is it February? Alan, is that right?
2: Yeah. I think at the end of February. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: So, but you know, still it'll be interesting to see what a best picture nominee looks like this year. And, I hope that they stick to that February. And I'm thinking that a lot of films, you know, normally you'll see like a moonlight or something like that, that not that many people have heard of. Then all of a sudden it kind of comes out of nowhere and wins a big award. I'm kind of hoping this year, it'll kind of give independent film that little leg up and maybe it'll be a lot of, it'll get a lot of nominations more than usual. Who knows? But that's kind of something that I think could be a, a positive out of all this.
0: Yeah. So Alan tell me yeah. um what's your opinion on um on on the, the the state of of film right now um you know i like, like we said you know in the middle of the covid-19 pandemic of course everything is different you know, theaters aren't open um do you how do you think it's going to look on the on the other side i know you don't have a crystal ball but um do you think it's going to be less seats in the theaters what do you think
2: well, I mean, I think from a from a a technical standpoint, yeah, it'll be more less seats in a theater. I think theaters are going to have to take additional precautions that they're not used to taking to kind of accommodate crowds again. but the concern is, is that you know the movie theater business was already pretty tough to begin with. I mean, it was already a thin business, you know for, to some degree because it, you know you have to pay the studio so much to license the films. You've got a man and staff, the theaters, and really they were making all their money from concessions is what kind of the, the, you've always heard is that theaters make their money from the concessions. Well, if you have fewer people coming into the each screening, but you still got the overhead expenses, it's going to be, it's going to be a tougher business for a a business that was already to some degree, kind of tough to begin with. So I think the concern is, is that, you know, how many theaters are going to be able to stay viable going forward? that's a real concern when this. Whole time at home is showing us that you can release a major major motion picture directly online, and people will watch it. Now we don't have a lot of numbers to know. You know, are these big releases that are going straight to online? Mulan on Disney Plus, uh, Bill and Ted saved uh, Face the Music on going to all the streaming platforms and, and rental platforms. We don't. I don't really know. Or I don't have access to the numbers to say are they making the same kind of money as they would have if they were going to theaters? I don't know. But even if they're not making as much as they were making in the theaters, the distribution cost uh, to distribute the film to all the theaters was pretty heavy. Now they don't have that. So there's a, there's a lot of, there's a money game at play right now to see what makes sense going forward. If theaters are going to have to be restricted in their seating and limited in the number of people who can come, that's going to be a big issue for opening night weekends for big films um, I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting time for the movie theater business. I don't know. I honestly don't know what it's going to be like in six months to a year. Right. Um, but I'm kind of anxious to see myself.
0: Yeah. Same here. There's a, a, a lot of, a, not only in the theater business, but there's a lot of other, uh, businesses that are wrapped up in this, that, you know, that the future is, isn't, isn't so bright and it's a little bit bleak and we're just hoping it all works out for them. But, you know, it kind of segues into my next question. Um, that we ask every guest on street circle drive and it's the magic wand question. So, uh, Alan and Chris, if you had a magic wand, what would you use that magic wand on to either improve your, uh, festival, uh, your, your film society? Uh, What would it be? And you don't have to, um, don't have to tell me all at once.
1: (laughs) Wow. I've always wanted a magic wand. Right. That's, uh, that's awesome. Now I get to, now I get to have one. That's awesome. Um, wow, what a question. Well, I'm going to say I'm going to say we're going to rule out the fact that we could just make coronavirus go away. So. Sure,
0: that's that would be number one on just about everybody's list right now. I think.
1: Sure, that's too easy. Um, I think one thing that I would do, if you know, if I had a wand, this may still Alan's thunder, but I'll give him time to think. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say that I would like to wave a wand and actually create a foot candle theater for us Um, because one of the struggles that we always have, the Carolina Theater has been great. They give us two screenings a month and then, you know, having the festival at the Salt Block and that they've been great as well. But just to be able to have everything in one place, both the society and the film festival and, you know, we be able to have control, which would make things easier. We could say, you know, we're going to have this many screenings. We don't have to worry about taking over someone else's business. <laughs> um, So that, that would just, that would kind of make our lives a little bit easier in some respects. So um yeah, I think having a foot candle theater would be, would be great. So that'll be what my, my. Yeah, would I,
2: I would echo that to some degree. I mean, I, I do think right now, theater business, again, as I said, is, It's tough. So, uh, you know, I think for any independent film theater in this area to work, we've got to be past uh, any of the pandemic issues to some degree because that's going to hit smaller independent theaters more than even would the major chains. Um, But yes, if that was assuming that was all taken care of on the pandemic front, then I'd echo the same magic wand about having a theater. Just and I think, too, that also will help would help visually. In our community really play up the what I see is the overall importance of film. I mean, we we have an art museum to to celebrate visual arts. We have, you know, uh, a a community theater to to celebrate uh, stage performances. We have places where you can go to hear music and celebrate the, the art of music you know a film theater uh we have a movie th- theater you know to see big blockbuster movies but it's not really meant there to educate and inform people about the world of film where i think a more dedicated facilities could certain do that so that would be uh that would be a nice magic wand to get get films and movies to start being viewed on a little bit of the same level as we we view other forms of art and kind of give them a little more reverence especially the independent and smaller ones that don't have all the dollars behind them. It would be great to be able to magically do that. So Moose, are you saying you've got powers to be able to make that happen?
0: Is that, I do. Is that the deal with the podcast? More than you know, buddy. We come on the
2: podcast and give a wish and the the genie Moose.
0: I I have the magic wand.
2: Okay. All right. Good. That's awesome to know. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to, to grant, to get our wish granted. You're
0: certainly welcome. Your wish is my command. So, um, you know, on Street Circle Drive, we always have a food segment of the podcast that we like to to talk about. We either go to restaurants or do takeout. The last time I believe that we were uh, all together on the Street Circle Drive, I believe was the great chicken sandwich debate. Was it not? Oh, it was the my stomach. Has,
2: my stomach has <laughs> just now just now recovered from that.
0: <laughs> and we we decided that Wendy's was hot garbage, right, Chris? I uh, think that was the final right. Yeah. <laughs> It's not <laughs> uh, un- uh, uh, Alan begrudgingly disagrees with us,
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's horrible. it was not it was the lesser of the
0: three, but you know it was it was sure. all right, so guys, let me ask you this what is uh what's the movie theater food missing? Should they go to chicken sandwiches what do you what do you think? I know that there's some movie theaters out there now that are that are they're serving beers that are maybe even having a sit down dinner experience um what, what, what do you think would be the perfect mix between uh, theater and food?
1: See, my, my personal preference um, is I don't want people eating a meal.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> I mean, If you go, you go to some of the theaters that are set up, you know, movies that have been out a little while, they actually have like full service menu and everything. That's kind of different. Um, right. I, 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 was happy that they finally added, um, beer to the local movie here where you could have a beer when you went to go see the Avengers movie. If your son wanted to go see it and you weren't that into it, you're like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> at least
0: I'm not. drinking. <laughs> yes. I good. have,
2: I have $9 I'd like to spend. I'll get a beer at the movie theater. Yes,
0: sure. I will take a 20 ounce Bud Light for $37. <laughs>
1: So actually, you know, having beer finally available, I mean, in other states, it's been there for a while, but to have it in North Carolina, it's been there for a couple of years now, but I actually, um, you know, just popcorn done right, you know, have it hot, have it fresh and then, yeah, just, just beer. So I'm actually not that, I'm kind of okay with the, uh, the state of movie food as it, as it were right now, other than having to take out a small business loan to, to eat it, but other than, I mean, you know. How much yeah, I, uh, I
2: I am absolutely with Chris in that I am not a fan of eating a meal or being served food during a movie. Um, I just I I just don't I don't I don't like it. I mean, granted, some for some people they enjoy it, they like that, it's a great experience. I uh, I feel like that distracts from the movie. I feel like it's tough to do it. Do you really want to be in a movie theater that's dark? So to have a meal that you're now having to figure out how to use your utensils to eat uh, is a challenge. So. I think movie theaters are just meant for more of those finger foods. I mean, it really is popcorn, maybe some candy, but that's it. Anything you can eat in the dark that you don't have to worry about. And even if it spills, it's not a big, big problem. So right.
1: um, I was, I was going to jump in and say, I think a coffee bar would be awesome. Coffee
2: is if- dangerous though. It's really, I mean, coffee is meant to be hot. And if you spill coffee, which I've done in a movie theater and it's not fun, um, it's a little challenging. So i it's all about convenience in a movie theater. It needs to be easy to get uh, the food before you walk in the door and it needs to be food that you can either snack on during the movie or, you know, something like that. But the whole meal thing, I'm not, I'm not a fan of at all.
0: Um, well, you guys have definitely probably combined have seen more movies at the theater than any two people that I know. Well, Let me ask you this. This is a serious question. Yeah. What is the craziest thing you've ever seen anybody sneak into a movie theater? Oh,
2: the kind you know what honestly moose and I'm and I'm being very serious I I don't look at other people when I'm in the movie theater <laughs> so mean, I
0: don't you know smell the, the tuna the tuna melt sandwich coming from the robe in front of you or anything like that
2: oh you know what I do think I I think I went to one critic review a critic screening of a film and I think one of the reviewers did bring in like an entire uh, some sort of sandwich I I don't know what type it was uh, it it did not smell good Right. It it did permeate throughout the entire theater. I just don't know what it was, but
0: yeah, when when sandwiches can yeah, uh, when when out smell the popcorn smell in the theater. Yeah, 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 we yeah,
2: that's true. I, I, but I don't know exactly what he had. I uh, did not pay enough attention. So,
0: right. So uh, you know, go ahead, Chris.
1: This doesn't count as being snuck in, but one of the unusual experiences I've had. Um, there was a theater in Raleigh that was kind of a. I think it was the Blue Ridge Ten, but basically it was a second-run movie theater house, and it was very popular. People would go there all the time. Um, but I remember having gone there with some friends, and they were like, "Yeah, I could have swore I felt something like run past my feet or whatever." Not too long after that, it was shut down because it was infested with rats.
0: So oh yeah, there it is.
1: That's a that's a fun that's a fun thing that happened in the theater. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so somebody snuck in those rats, I guess. Right?
1: right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right.
0: So, you know, we like to end Street Circle Drive by talking about all the great events that are happening in Hickory. Um, but, you know, because of the pandemic, not a whole lot of stuff's going on, except the Foot Candle Film Festival. And it's next week. I want you to reiterate and re- tell everybody about when they can check out the the movies next week and, mm-hmm. and all that good stuff.
2: Well, if you go to FootCandleFilmFestival.com, that is your that is your home base for the festival. From there, you can not only buy tickets or passes for any of the films or the whole weekend, uh, you can also see just a schedule of films. You can read up and watch trailers uh, on many of the films. And then when you actually buy your tickets, uh, when you get reminded that the films are available on Wednesday, the 23rd of September, you'll be sent an email uh, to let you know they're available. You go, you click the link, you go back to the website, you log in with your email address, And the films you have purchased are available, or you can purchase them on the spot. So you don't have to buy them in advance. you can actually go during that weekend and just hop in and buy a ticket and watch one of the films on demand. Uh, But that's all happening September 23rd through the 27th of 2020. So uh, yeah, by the time uh, this episode's posted within a few days, I guess that's going to be what's going on. Is is it actually next week, Chris? Is that the deal?
0: I, I think it is yeah that's where no get worry. started planning
2: <laughs> yeah I guess we got to start planning something now chris and I are going to be locked into our studio here at the mesh studios for like five days straight um basically uh, managing all these live streams and uh discussions with filmmakers this is gonna be fun but uh I don't know if I'm gonna wear pants half the time I mean I'm just chris I'm giving you fair warning I may not I mean okay. why nobody can see i'm not gonna be up and around there's nobody here um uh, we'll just see what happens anything goes
1: we do have a popcorn machine in the mess offices so there'll be plenty oh, of-
2: i totally forgot that we we could actually <laughs> pop popcorn here oh yeah oh, oh yeah. man okay see and i i honestly do believe the popcorn that we popped at our festival last year yeah. is some of the best popcorn i've had so i agree
0: i agree just- we took hours one day out of the out of jackson creative work to do it to absolutely perfect that popcorn recipe and it was so well worth
2: it so i i'm now super excited about being here for five days i forgot all about that we could just fire up that popcorn machine anytime we want
0: to nice that'd be great well guys thank you so much for joining us today on street circle drive here on the mesh make sure you go check out their podcast as well foot candle films also on the mesh and the foot candle film festival coming at you real soon from right here in hickory north carolina my name is andrew moose make sure to be kind to one another thank you for joining us